You're listening to 50% Facts, the show where we're building a health and fitness resource by trying to answer a single question every week, just based on what we already know. Or maybe what we think we know. Then we bring in the world's leading expert to tell us what we got right and what we got wrong. I'm Jim McDonald. And I'm Mike Farr. Welcome to our show. Yeah. You just got well, your it's first a, iPhone, it, it, iPhone. It's good to see both you guys again. Yeah, how good you doing, you man? man? Good, good. Background looks good. Everything looks really cool. So how's it going? We are with Chris Duffin, by the way, and we're going to be live on Twitch in a second here, I think. Yep. We're live. And we're live. Uh, with Chris Duffin, um, Kabuki Strength Systems, the uh, creator of the Duffalo Bar and many other um, uh, fitness bar contraptions. What, what all is in your inventory right I, now? I, I, you know, I, I like to call it uh, bioma- biomechanically sound barbells. There you go. Okay. So, okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it's it's products impro- meant to improve uh, positioning and also um, accommodating for differences in lifters, either mobilities, levers, things like that. Um, but that way, we can take out some of the negative stresses that that are there by the equipment that we've been used to using. And take those out so that we're just focused on the adaptive things, you know, that are going to get us stronger. And so that's that's kind of the, the, the market uh, that we play in. And that's why we work with uh, so many like sports teams and things, because it's really going to if we can reduce potential for injury and uh, increase the training effect, that's uh, going to make a big difference. Yeah, that's what I was about for to those say. Athletes. It seems like not only you're scientific description but everything i've seen you've almost gone away from powerlifting in some senses even though that's your background i mean you're an og og of raw powerlifting um and and your stuff clearly applies to strength sports easily but it seems to heavily apply to the normal person yeah so actually you know obviously i'm yeah that's my background and most of my like education staff things like that have the same exact background but there's you know, if you're if you're training for a barbell sport, you're going to use a straight bar, right. and that's not going to change for powerlifting. It's not going to change for Olympic lifting. Um, so, but for human development, developing well, like for powerlifting, it basically has an impact on your off-season training or your, you know, those periods. But your 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 your, your prep for a meet is probably not going to be using some of those as your core movements. I mean, some people that have significant issues will use them straight up to comp day. But that's a pretty small percentage of the audience. And so, yeah, our bigger, we work with every professional sport uh, in uh, North America. Um, 75% of MLB, it'd probably be greater than 90% if, uh, if uh, COVID it hadn't happened. Uh, <laughs> and kind of shut things down in the midst of uh, us working those uh, final teams. Um, 600 plus colleges. Jeez. That's like all the big D, uh, big D1 schools, you know, you know, we've got, you'd be surprised the amount of like professional players that have and use our equipment uh, in their, in their own training, not just in their, you know, the training facility, but right. uh, uh, we're getting a lot of those names because they're, they're, they're calling and ordering products for their, for their home right now. Right. Or have been. Um, and so we work with, God, it's, it's just pervasive throughout athletics. That was kind of one of the one of our questions. We've talked to gym owners and we've talked to, to people who do online coaching over the last few weeks. We sort of threw our regular format out of the window while everyone's kind of locked away and just had the opportunity to have you know kind of full conversations with our guests. Um, as an equipment manufacturer, like have you had like a crazy amount of orders for home versus the institutional orders that you were were getting before? Yeah, so it's it's definitely switched, and because my finger is on a lot of different things, some things are really down. Mm. Uh, like my supplement company, not a lot of people are you know devouring supplements right now. Yep. Uh, the commercial gym market completely dried up, right? Um, sports teams, uh, not really much going on there with the colleges. You know, we're doing you know we're quoting on a few facility buildouts and things like that right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as things are starting to open up, we're getting orders, but. The pickup from that is the the home gym market. Everybody's been really building that out. And I think that there's 
it's an interesting conversation to have, right? Because there's a lot of people, well, this is all a result of the pandemic that, you know, and this is, were you prepared for it? And I, I truly believe that nothing has happened because of the pandemic. The only thing that has really happened within the market changes, so we're talking business market changes, is it's just accelerated things that were going to happen in our environment and our society to begin with. Guess what? Those big commercial gyms that are, uh, you know, closing their doors or filing for bankruptcy, they were already hurting. Things were already moving that direction, mm-hmm. right? We were already starting to see supply chain issues with overseas people, and there was more, more American manufacturing coming back, which is driving up lease costs and warehouse space. Yeah. Uh, distribution. What's going crazy right now? Forklift sales, semi truck sales, full tri- size truck sales because of distribution. Work at home. It's been going for yeah. people have been doing that for a long time. It's just accelerated every all these things. And this is like something I believed in for a long time, that there is going to be a shift that people are going to move away from the large commercial gyms. There's still going to be a place for them. But the shift is going to be towards the independent trainer that's got a that's got a private small studio doing one on one training mm-hmm. to the person that's setting up their home gym. And I think is it. All we've seen happen is that we moved forward 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of agree. And a lot of people we've talked to kind of talk similarly where, um, yeah, I don't want to call it like the great equalizer, but something's happening in fitness anyways, where, um, you know, I went to a 24 hour fitness 10 years ago out by my mom's and it's all machines and there's one pyramid style squat rack. And, and fast forward 10 years, I visited that 24 hour fitness again and there's a whole like CrossFit looking section. Um, but if you're really into that, if you're into wanting to really improve yourself in the gym, that environment's not going to suit you. The, the, envi- the environment isn't there. E- exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. so you're going to end up somewhere else. And, and I kind of agree with you. You know, uh, another guest of ours thought um, big, big commercial might last a little bit, like maybe um, a Planet Fitness or something that's 10 bucks a month. And it, it helps someone morally feel better to throw $10 in the bank yeah. and not go to the gym. Uh, but I have a gym membership. Don't worry. Um, but gym's more like, you know, what we're used to training in uh, are, are, are still rare. I don't even know if there's one per city anymore. But do you think gyms like that will survive? Maybe like a Barbo Brigade or a Kabuki? Or- I, think the, I think those are going to survive. Yeah. I think that, that that gets closer in the nature of that small independent trainer as well. Um, but it's more of a, uh, you know, it's a catered environment to certain individuals and certain things. And that's going to that's gonna grow. grow. Uh, it's still a much smaller space. You know, Barbell Brigade and some of the others are much bigger. I yeah, think yeah. that you're still going to see some downsizing with that just because of, oh, you know, we're going to get more, you know, more space is going to go towards uh, warehouse and manufacturing and just the cost of space long term is going to continue to go up. So the equipment and things like that are going to start changing and evolving to smaller pieces. Like you go in those gyms now and it's combo racks. You right. go in 10 years ago and it's monoliths and, ju- yeah. you know, right. Yeah, true. It, 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 so you can see if you take a look, you'll see, you'll see these things. And it's like, oh, yeah, I should have I should have I should have recognized that. Yeah. It's like the big commercial gyms have become kind of like um, like malls. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Sections. Like, yeah. Very yeah. overbuilt yeah. and so, um, declining attendance. You yeah. know, I, I and, noticed- just like J.C. Penney's isn't closing because of COVID. Yeah, yeah Penney's right. was going to close in the yeah. next few years or the next ten years because, like, because the business cycle got them. They weren't able to keep innovating in such a way that, and same with Sears and same with yeah. you know, it's just keeping up with and, the changing you know, environmental and social factors of the world. Right. Yeah. There's some weird yeah. shit going on, and maybe one of you two smart gentlemen can fucking explain it to me. I was having <laughs> coffee with my mom yesterday, and in California, there's curbside mall retail pickup. Yeah. Why yes. the fuck would I do that and not buy online? Oh, uh, shipping, maybe? Maybe. Well, a lot of places have free shipping. Yeah. I still got to use gas to go over there and, and wait for I, some idiot to bring me my pants. That is correct. I, I, I've, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm a huge, like, people can say, I don't want to buy from Amazon because he's going to be a trillionaire. But, like, <laughs> why would, like, by the time I think, I, hey, I need something. And by the time I get to the store, it's going to be two or three days later. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> why not just order it and have it at my door? I do agree. Um, I'm, I'm kind of the same mindset. Like he's a trillionaire because he came up with some really cool shit uh, that I never came up with. So uh, I'm he's not also that... applied market forces in his favor stronger than anyone yeah. since yeah. since Microsoft. And I'm not that against that. I do want to critique Mr. Bezos as I ordered energy drinks six weeks ago. And you still don't have them? They just showed up yesterday. Uh, so Mr. Bezos, if you're listening, I'm not very happy with you right now. Uh, yeah, Maybe no you'll make sure. up to me on my next one. Okay. I've got a hilarious story to tell about uh, Amazon, just from my sister this morning, okay? She ordered this, like, hanging tent structure for her. She's got a, a couple small kids. It doesn't matter what it is. Anyway, she's been waiting for a couple weeks. Finally, shipping order uh, comes, says it's, it, it's, it, it's shipped. Two weeks have gone by, still hasn't shipped. She reached out to them, and they said, well, you know, things are really slow with COVID. Hope you understand. If you, if you hang on, we'll ship you a free Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> Your order may be in, in, in May. And, and my sister's like, yeah, I guess I could see it. You know, if you're like working from home, you've had a few drinks and you get a customer complaint. And you're like, I'll give you a free Christmas tree in May. Yeah. The email from up top in Amazon is do anything to make them happy. Give them whatever. Uh, whatever. I, yeah, I think Christmas that Christmas makes true. them happy. That's true. So, I, it, I mean, it was a not it wasn't Amazon. It was a distributor somebody. through Amazon. Yeah. But yeah, she filed a report and got that. Yeah. Yeah, Fuck you, Bezos. My energy drinks are late and I don't have a Christmas tree. <laughs> yeah, Where's you would have probably taken a Christmas tree. Fuck yeah, why not? This is new customer service. I'm going to go train my staff. Yeah, Here's tell them. <laughs> uh, we ordered... Um, uh, a pulse ox a couple weeks ago. I should probably like three weeks ago. My my in laws live like five minutes from us, and just you know they're in their eighties, and it just seems like a good idea to have one around. And so I ordered it, and it didn't. It like this was the estimated date, and it didn't come. It didn't come. It didn't come. And I thought, okay, well I'm just going to cancel it and order it from somebody else. And it wouldn't let me cancel, but it would let me send a message. So and I and I looked at other reviews, like recent reviews, of people like I didn't get my stuff, and I can't get there to cancel or whatever. So I sent him a message and said, "Hey, like uh, we are way past the date that 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 was estimated, and I'd like to just cancel this order." And I get this message back, like, "Oh no, like because of COVID, everything is slow and whatever. We'll get it to you as soon as possible." And I did get it about three days later, and it makes me believe that they were just backburnering as yeah, many of the sure. orders as they possibly could. Maybe. And and in hopes of like continuing to raise the price and or yeah. I don't know what the story was. Like like if you have a, a certain amount of stock that you're selling at, you know, $45 but suddenly the market jumps to $65, those sales that you made at $45 yeah. are you're leaving 20 bucks on the table for every one of them, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Anyway. Um You've also like your 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 training hasn't slowed down much at all, and you've you've actually had some um, uh, pretty imp impressive feats over the last few months. Um, tell us about that. Oh yeah, um, well I I set on this plan like four years ago. Maybe it was five years ago. Jeez. Anyway, uh, it was around the time I I, I was it, sorry. There's a long story here. Jim, yeah, hit but, it. Uh, sure, go. But, <laughs> but we got time. I it was I just you know launched my businesses and walked away from the environment I was and I was changing a lot my, my personal life all these sorts of things and I, I was sitting there training for meets you know chasing the chasing the all time world record that I you know would get here and there but never never hang on to and I wasn't having fun anymore like it was just not what I wanted to do anymore and so I I took a step back and. And decided, you know what, I, I, I don't want to compete anymore. I just want to do like chase things that are going to make me happy, that make me feel fulfilled. Because a sense of accomplishment is huge for me, yeah. and the sense of and challenge is really huge for me. And you know, part of the the no fun of of competing was I was given up a lot because I've got the, these bad elbows. You know, I've had surgery on both, but. Like it really jacks up my my deadlift, uh, my ability to you know uh, be able to hang on to a bar when one arm is six inches from straight. You know, you're, mm. the bar's hanging out in front of you if you're not using straps, and then it fucks up your excuse my language, your shoulder. So when you're squatting, yeah. so on, whatever. So I, I was just like, I just I've always wanted to be able to hit that thousand pound deadlift and a thousand pound squat so it was crazy i wanted to do both for reps and i like keeping like my things to my close to my chest 
So I just announced, hey, I'm going to go for a thousand pound deadlift. And so I trained for, for nine months. Um, I was already over a 900 pound deadlifter and I hit a uh, thousand pounds for almost three reps on the deadlift. It's still the standing uh, Guinness world record for sumo deadlift. I did it uh, as an add on to a, uh, a meet and we did all the things with having a mayor present and yada, mm-hmm. yada. Anyway. Um, but it, uh, it, I was wearing straps. Is the only way I could do it. <laughs> so was that's Thor. Everybody. That's everybody. So yeah. was Thor. We could talk about that too. You know, yeah. it is what it is. <laughs> well, that's why. That's why. That's why I went for the Guinness World Record because I'm like, well, they, the Guinness World Record is for a deadlift is held by strongmen. They use straps. Yeah, makes right. sense. So I'm like, well, why don't I just create? You know, go after a Guinness World Record for a sumo style deadlift. Yeah, they have sumo style deadlifts for like a minute or other like records. So I'm like. Let's do that. And that way I can take that out of it. And in my mind, it's legitimate because they, it's already it's already there. People right. use straps. Right. So then uh, then the plan was to go after a squat. Now, if we think about this, the whole thing is still all about developing axial load tolerance. So this is right. a really long training plan of being able to, you know, be able to withstand forces through the spine, which basically is all of powerlifting except for the bench press, right? And so I spent a number of years like continuing to work on my axial load tolerance. So there was a, a lot of like other feats, 30-day challenges and other stuff in the, in the mix. And then uh, getting up there in age and it's getting time. I'm like, I just, I got to go after this. You know, some of my being heavier has taken its toll on me. Um, you know, I've get a Blood sugar levels are getting worse. A few mm. things. I'm like, I gotta go for this. I'm gonna be 43, and I, it's it's time to to do this one last thing and get it done. Nobody has ever done a thousand pounds for reps for both the squat and the deadlift, and actually nobody's ever completed both uh, just for a single. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Thor could at any time. Probably so. Um, yeah. Because he, he did do a thousand pound squat in comp and got uh, red lighted, which still so we could say he he's done it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no one's done it for reps, and uh, so spent this last year training specifically for that, and you know changing the movement. We could talk training uh, approach, but that's not. Uh, we'll just keep it short right now. So spent the last year training for that, and then I was supposed to do it in San Diego, <laughs> uh, at the Ursa show. And this is right when everything started to hit. So the timing just ended up being like just crazy, surreal, right? Because that week it got shut down. So we replanned to do an event at the gym. Then they shut down, you know, all the gyms. So we just did it with just our staff to stay within 20 people yeah. uh, present. And then that was done on a, on a Saturday. And then Monday, everything was shut down. So if I hadn't gone for like done everything to like pull that off on that date, like it would have never happened Yeah. because I could not repeat this training cycle. I could not extend this training cycle. It was, it was then or never. And I definitely wouldn't have been able to train for another month through it in that style through all of this. But anyway, long story short, I said I was going to do a thousand pounds for three reps and I did a thousand pounds for three reps on the squat or a thousand one. Um, and, uh, it was it was a huge deal for me. I mean, it's there's no record books. There's no, I'm not yeah. going to claim it's not something that it is it, that it's not like. Right. These are these are gym lifts. They're whatever. Yeah. But I don't I don't care that that was my goal. That was my objective was to be able to demonstrate. Not that I just did it could do this once. Like oh, it wasn't quite locked out or it wasn't mm-hmm. this. Like I hit it for fucking reps. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, you got the weight um, in you. <laughs> So that was the intent, and I, I was uh, I was really proud of it, and and, and also it, it, it I called it grand goals. It has like a lot of meanings to me. So a lot of what I try to do, um, like with my book and just the sp- you know speaking and things that I do, is trying to motivate people that you can accomplish and and achieve greater m- things in life if you really set down a commitment. First, you got to understand like why you're setting a commitment because it's going to impact the other things in your life. But you can accomplish way more than you think that you can. And so that's the grant, the, the secondary meaning of grand is just 
over-the-top, crazy, big, gnarly, nasty goals. Like just go after something just wicked awesome and you can you can pull it off. Like four years ago, I couldn't say it publicly. I would have been laughed at. Even mm-hmm. as being an all-time world record setting, you know, power lifter, I'd have been laughed at for saying that. Yeah, strength and, standards uh, have changed. I mean, the, yeah. the bar is constantly being pushed, you <laughs> yeah. know? Like, yeah. well, when's the first time someone scored a 1,000 raw reps or whatever? Like, uh, within the last four years, right? Raw? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's new. Well, All like this Dan, shit is and so Dan Bell just did, uh, he did 1,000 for four reps. Yeah, what a freak like, that guy is. Like, well, I mean, it's just nuts. But uh, but that's the, that's the secondary meaning of grand. And, and uh, it's been, that's, that was big, like, after that night, I posted a video of just me talking in my car because I was, mm-hmm. you know, there was there was an outpouring of just tons of great comments, you know, online. Always There's always trash talk, too. But I've had so many people reach out through me through the years and, you know, say that, uh, you know, I've helped them with, like, not committing suicide, uh, starting their own business, like huge life-changing stuff. And, and it, it's pieces like this. That's what I'm trying to grasp and hope people understand. Um, you know, that you have control of your environment and that you can, you know, you can impact your will on the world. And, and, and I had probably about 500 DMs from people with stories like that that were shared with me that That's day great. following my squat. People saying they were crying because they they connected so well and uh, with, you know, with what I'd done and what I said through the years and that it meant so much seeing me, you know, go out there and do that and so there was just so much emotion. Like one, I just d- accomplished something I've been training for for four years, yeah, yeah, and just spent a year and like you know going after, and then to have like people actually really connect with the deeper meaning of what it was, and share their experience was just like something over the top for me. And uh, so yeah, it's a, a video of me like being all soft and crying all over the place and you know that all that stuff. But you know, I just wanted to. Thank everybody for you know their you know what they'd shared with me and and that's that was that. So anyway, I feel, uh, uh, I feel that like was be- uh, that was in March. Yeah, so. I feel like the beginning of a lot of that, uh, at least like your business sense for sure. You'd been powerlifting for a long time. Was the last time at least I chatted with you? It um, was face to face. That's yeah. why I said it's so so great to see you guys again because yeah. that was yeah it was a while ago. Uh, and, and, yeah. and we've all gone through different moves and switched corners and U turned. Some things and, have changed. Let's yeah, say. but but um, you you talk about fulfillment and you seem. You know, you, you have a really unique life. We've, we talked about your life a little bit more and your growing up last time we chatted. I think it's in your book, and I think you talk about it on your own. Um, we've obviously talked about programming and lifting and your equipment. Um, you, you seem very self-aware. You're obviously an intelligent dude. We're talking about fulfillment, and, you know, I'm not that old, but I've considered myself really self-aware since about 22. I've been at therapy my whole life. I can't stop fucking thinking in my stupid head. Um, I'm only 31, per se. Um, the word fulfillment is like easily defined, but it's so hard to like, to grasp, right? Like how do you even choose a goal or, or, you know, it seems like this is something you talk a lot about or the deeper meaning of these things. How does someone choose a goal that they know fulfill? I've gotten critiqued forever on the internet because I don't like competing in powerlifting and everyone's asking me where my next fucking meet is. I say, I don't know. I don't really care because I get zero fulfillment. People, people, I've said for the last year, this is my last meet and I got comments every week. When are you competing next? Are you going to do the the 500 rep squat challenge? I'm like, no, I'm I'm done. How (laughs) many times do I got to say it? I've never had fun at a meet I've, uh, uh, either either you perform well and I say okay I did my job in my training cycle cool or I perform shitty and say well that fucking sucked I just wasted it you know a year of my life like there's no I've never lifted something so, and felt awesome so it, let's, let, let's, let's spend some time on this Mike yeah. Uh, yeah. because this is this is a really important topic for me and, and so many people get it wrong um, I, I just really get frustrated when I see people and I, mean, I don't want this people that take it wrong that do this sort of approach, but like bucket list goal setting and sure. things like that. Here's 50 things that I want to accomplish in my life. Here's, uh, you know, I see my neighbors or I see this. I want to be more successful than the people that I went to high school with. I want to, uh, you, you pick these bright, shiny things that are coming at you. And you don't understand why. Yeah. And this is the piece I I call, maybe I need a different word for it, but I call it values. Like you have to just sit down and keep asking yourself and just peel back layers. Like you've got to dig, I call it 
uh, I use five wise, which is a Japanese uh, philosophy around like manufacturing troubleshooting. But you have to ask yourself t- why five times. Why do I want this thing? Come up with an answer. Why do I want that? And just keep digging those layers deeper. And you will come down to, and again, values may be the wrong word. Um, but I said, I, I mentioned earlier, there's, there is things with grand that were fulfillment for me. So one is a sense of accomplishment. I like a sense of, uh, uh, of uh, recognition. I'll, I'll, I'll be straight up. You know, that's kind of an egocentric sure. one. Mm-hmm. But you really need to be honest with yourself in this process. Like, if I do something that's, that's great, uh, you know, release a, a new product that does, you know, great things for, you know, reducing injuries, I, I like to be appreciated for that. Of course. That. I think that's okay. normal and no one will admit it. Like, why do I make yeah. a podcast? Like, I want fucking people to listen to it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't want to make a I, podcast I, just yeah. for my mom. <laughs> I, want, I want challenge in my life. I want to chase things that, you know, scare me. Uh, I want to have a creative outlet. This was one of the big areas that I was lacking in my previous career. I made, I made more money than I do now, that's for sure. Uh, I was sought after for what I did. You know, I was doing turnarounds for aerospace and manufacturing companies. Um, but I didn't have a creative outlet, mm-hmm. right? And that's really, really important for me. Um, so, you know, there, there's four, you know, quick, quick ones. Another yep. one for yep. me is security. So anybody that knows my background could probably understand Boy, security is really important for yeah. me. It is one of the reasons that I stayed with that prior career for so long sure. instead of chasing the entrepreneur thing because I wasn't willing to be a, I was not willing to jump out there uh, without having some level of knowing that I was going to be able to monetize it and be able to take care of my family and not put them at risk of you know being uh, uh, you know, having stuff taken away from them for me chasing what I wanted to. Like, I want to have security for myself and for my family. There, that's five of like what I call my seven core values that I've spent developing by asking these questions for a long time. Now, once you understand those things, you could go, you know, somebody could, you know, some kid goes, I want to be an NFL star. Sure. Why? Why do you want to do that? Okay, and start diving leaker because you may not be an NFL star. Only a few people are going to be. But when you understand that, you can create other avenues that can give you the same things in life. So it opens up those things. So uh, like my prior career, one of the things that I really enjoyed about it and that I is my ability to have an impact on others, to coach mentor and help other people realize the same thing that they can accomplish so much more and to have that that impact on changing their life Um, that coaching role i was able to do in a career through doing career development and making you know those cultural changes in organizations and having you know working with people and bringing about those changes in those areas it wasn't the best use or the, the best amount of how I could reach as many people as I do today. Right. Um, but I was able to get that nugget. And if I didn't know that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been able to like, seek that out necessarily within that and get that reward. So this is, this is foundational. You start by establishing what are those things that you truly want to, to, to be and live, those core values, okay? And they're not things, Notice not a single one of those was a thing that I could ever say, I have that. Right. It's a way of living. (laughs) These are just more intrinsic like features. So like I said, I I, I need to do some more work of helping other people realize when they've actually hit that gold piece. Yeah. Um, Because it's hard. All all these targets. um, But but now. You know, it's hard for a lot of people, I think, like you said, because what is society telling us? What's Instagram telling us? What are we looking at? Like, oh, that guy made it because he has that Ferrari. Yeah. It's not not that guy made it because he wakes up every morning happy to drink his coffee. We don't know. Yeah. Yep. Does he did he did he get the the Ferrari because he wants that, uh, you know, that sense of recognition? Right. Uh, and he thinks that'll get that. You know, I'm just using my values, right? Yeah, yeah. Or did he get the Ferrari because he, he worked his ass off so that he, he'd know that the Ferrari meant to him he's had enough financial success that sure. he has security? Right. Now, here, here's, and I use that exact analogy in my book because if the Ferrari is the goal that you've set without knowing why, you could go take a massive loan and leverage to get this Ferrari 
because it means security to you and you've done the exact opposite right. of what you want in life. Yeah, yeah. And that's why it's important. You have to you have to you have to start with these core nuggets before you start walking into the process of actually setting goals. Yeah, yeah. So goals are things that are going to help you realize and live a life that's going to execute those values, right? So uh, so that's that's why it's so uber important, and that's why, why when you uh, when you brought this up, I'm like, let's let's dive, let's yeah. dive deep. No, here. I think it's good. I think it's really uh, good because you, you got to do that before you, you before you even start the goal setting process, and that's where people go wrong. I think about this. Um, I'm not very systematic, and I know your background. You're very systematic and organized in your thoughts, and so I think about all these things, but they're all like little bubbles in my head. And you drew this line, which is much easier to learn and teach. Yeah. My issue for me, and I think for many, is that even if you have these values, I guess if you have these values and you can really break that all down, all's well and dandy because then it leads you into what's next, right? But I think that's very difficult for most people. And I think another thing—it's um, a lifelong process, honestly. It's fucking yeah, yeah. And it may it may evolve. <laughs> the targets may change. They, you you're, know, you're not going to sit wise. down for thirty minutes on a Sunday night and hammer this out. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. One beer and here we go. I guess for me, what what are your thoughts on even having? too many goals because I think a lot of people or any yeah. goal like direct goal I think the issue for many and one for me is that because again society pressure maybe our jobs uh, style pressure is that you need to be they, they force you to feeling you need to be making constant progress to to be worthy of whatever right if, yep. if you have a um, hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube and you're really helping people you enjoy what you do but your subscribers aren't growing you're a dead YouTuber yeah, you're a dead fucking YouTuber. You're not doing it right, right? That's me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and that feels bad. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, right? But and and but whether that's for, true for or that not. curated, uh, th th those curated goals that get fed to us. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. One hundred percent. Right. One hundred percent. And and I'm I'm wondering how do you and and obviously you have such a solid foundation of what you're doing. But for the normal person, even with your goals, let's say, right? I'm taking your goals without your morals and foundation. <laughs> uh, I wanted to I wanted to do a thousand, and then I ended up doing it for some reps. Well, I fucking I better do a thousand five next year like i better yeah. do thousand five like how do you feel fulfilled with that like how does someone go through that because there's so much constant pressure to find the happy to find the progress to continue to get better do you just switch your vision to something else no so if we if we if we set and understand that these are the values then we can understand there's a lot of output to this so a lot of different ways to achieve it right so this is like problematic for a lot of athletes like when they hit retirement and, right. and 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 they, or injury like it gets taken away yeah. from them where do we go now what do i do now i mean you we know people like this right yeah uh, everyone. they're they're Me. trying to fix they're trying <laughs> to figure out this path like a uh, huge things of you know they're not what they once were yeah where do i go and yeah. uh it, it can lead to to a lot of depression suicide all sorts of health issues um, and, uh, it's something that so many people keep like pegging me on with the, with my lift, like, well, what's next? Well, you know, why don't you go do this? Uh, you're not going to just right. quit. You can't, you know, you're not going to be able to, and you don't realize I just listed off those values and I listed how the grand goals fed those, mm -hmm. but I have a whole lot of other ways that I can chase that. So, um, like right now, I'm I'm refocusing on my businesses. I'm helping my wife kind of establish her own brand, which is kind of a, a, a cooking and lifestyle uh, related. It's going to be like on Northwest cuisine and stuff. And cool, we've always you know some challenge in front of us. Uh, well, it's it's on hold because of of uh, uh, COVID right now. But yeah. uh, uh, we're working on our pilots, working on our pilots license, so we can. Uh, go do that and be able to have the ability to see our family and travel and film uh, different pieces for, you know, her content piece. Mm -hmm. um, I, my creative outlet, my, my, those accomplishment and, you know, things, I got to get my, my, my epic four wheel drive vehicles done, done up <laughs> and start getting into that. I have so many things that I want to chase that actually the lifting was really interfered with. And I just purposely was able to set those aside. So because I couldn't chase, this is your too many goals thing. I couldn't chase all of that at once. Right, right. So I had to go, this is going to take the priority because I have a limited timeline to pull these things off of a physical nature. And I have to set, no matter how much I want to complete and do these things, my priorities is, you know, my family 
is first, right? And then it comes to those things, comes to, comes to my work. And now it's kind of reshifting a little bit um, where um, that, I mean, literally my training right now, I'm down almost, th- I'm down 30 pounds right now. Uh, and it's basic bodybuilder training. And I have no like worries about it. I mean, I did walk out and do an 800 pound deadlift uh, uh, this last week just because I, I haven't deadlifted for a year and a half. But I'm not, I, I don't want to go do a, an 1100 pound deadlift or a 1050 deadlift or that I, I'm able to get all the things that realize those values once you understand it. And it's just a reframing of the goals that I'm currently chasing to live those values. Yep. And yeah, that's too many is definitely an issue. And the, 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 the cultivated curated crap that gets fed to us, yeah. be different, be unique, yeah. you know, get this, have this car, get this brand cologne and get these designer clothes. You're going to be so different just like yeah. everyone else. Right. Exactly. It's a consumer based uh, society we live in. And so it makes it really hard to, to walk this path that I'm talking about. And unfortunately, most people will not be able to, to do that. But those that do will see great success. And it's huge just in the entrepreneur. You mentioned the fr- uh, the entrepreneur porn, you know, yeah. the you know, you got yeah. you, you, the, the, the hustle porn, you yeah. know, just yeah. like you're not doing it unless you unless you're, you know, you're in the grind 24 seven. And this is how you got to live so that you can get your mansion and your fancy car. And yeah. that's what you really need. Well, no, that's not what everybody really needs. Right. And if you don't get those things, like, are you how much of a failure or failure are you? Right. right. Yeah, I, I mean, did. A, I try to show, do like I'm so like passive aggressive, but I think I'm almost too mild sometimes. Me and uh, Connor here shot a video, um, maybe three years ago now, where I said I bought my dream car, and it's a 1990 BMW, and it is my dream car. It's a little E30. You whip it around fucking corners. I feel like yeah. I'm playing Mario Kart. It's so fun because every other YouTuber did their dream car, and it's just they don't even like cars. They just bought the most expensive car they could afford and then put it all over YouTube, which yep. is much different than. I worked a job from fifth grade to junior year of high school so I could buy a $7,000 BMW when I was 17, <laughs> right. right? Like, I just love BMWs, where these other guys never looked at a car. And I'm not a mechanic. Yeah. I don't fucking know everything about cars, but I, I've enjoyed cars my whole life. And then you buy something, right? I, I do agree with that. How do you think that fits into, like, the normal person? Like, obviously, society's fucking us because we have all these messages sending us in. Um, and then I think society's fucking us another way because we are caught up so much. And I think security for you means almost something different. But we all want some security. We all go our whole life trying to work and, like, build a life. And it's hard. Yeah. Obviously, and, with some corona stuff, yeah. it's hard. But people are so focused on career, then maybe making a family. How do, they, how do they fit that in with, like, what really fulfills them? Like, if the state job over here that I don't like is going to pay me hundred grand, and if I start my own shit and I have no talent or no – you know what I mean? Like, yep. you, you had a big base. You, had, you, had a, you're, you're, you were known in the strength community. You're obviously very strong, very knowledgeable in the strength world. Um, I'm lucky in that sense, too. I was kind of raised in the strength world since I was like 21 with Jim and everybody. Um, I was kind of planted in there. But a lot of people can't do that. You know, they, they, they just have to worry about the paycheck and then go home and drink their pains away, I guess. Yeah. Well, it, it, I mean, it, it's just sitting down and understanding those things. I mean, even in like this, you know, the entrepreneur business world, you know, we talked about uh, uh, Jeff Bezos going to be a trillionaire. Like, yeah. Yeah, I like nice things. I, I appreciate them and I have them and I'm okay with that. Um, but my goal it, is to be able to create a lifestyle where I have those things that I like. But I, that is not to have the most and make more is not the case. I want to create time so that I can do the things that yeah. I can enjoy. Yeah. I can yeah. spend the time with my, 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 my wife and my family and we can travel. Uh, I can go four-wheeling. You know, like I said, that's why the, the flying thing fits. Like these are all doing things. And I want to have the time and space to be able to do that. I don't need to be a multimillionaire. I don't want like it adds no value to me to just have more and more and more and go, well, I need to I need to chase it bigger. Um, you know, like in knowing how big, you know, working a lot of different companies to me, like culture, environment, the people that you surround yourself with is much more important. So like, I know for a fact, like I want to have my company grow to a certain amount. I don't want it to be the size of rogue. 
I don't sure, want right. it to be like these. That's not. That's phenomenal. I'm not knocking what they're doing. You, everybody has different different goals, but for me, I want to be able to preserve and have the best quality environment for the people that I work with, that I influence. Right. I want to have be able to have them have control and ownership and really love and own their job. And then that makes great people, you know, around me because right. they're going to be drawn to that. And then that creates the, again, this environment, I'm able to fill my life with people and things and, and work is no longer work, right? Yeah. It's yeah. just yeah. doing. And, and so that's kind of all over the place there as, as far as a, uh, no. An answer or discussion? No, I think it's a great answer because it's just so hard, though, right? Coming from an athlete, but mindset. that's not—that's not what you're told. Right? No, yeah. right, right, or even just a powerlifting. You, you mindset. earned a million, you got to go for ten million. You got to right. go for, you know, like no one, no one ever got into powerlifting. Said, I want to pull five hundred so cleanly, and I just want to do that week after week. <laughs> that's gonna fucking be awesome. No one's yeah. ever said that. Not a single soul. No. And like, I have taken a little pride because I've never been the strongest dude. Like, I've done okay in strength, but my lifts are kind of clean. You know, like, I, you know, I, I look kind of aesthetic pulling it and there's no sport for that. And there's no not even a high <laughs> five for that. But I kind of like that. But but no one's ever said that. So it's hard to translate that into our personal lives or our, our businesses or, mm-hmm. you know, it, it never feels like enough is enough. Because, again, yeah, all these shitty pressures from who knows who. So so, again, it gets back to understanding those things. You know, if yeah. you're working a job and making a paycheck and doing your thing, like you can still have like an amazing life that fulfills like the things that you want. If you do the time of really understanding that, right. hundred um, percent. Because it's usually at the end of the day, not everybody wants to be that hard driving, you know, per, you know, a personality that's working, yeah. you know, 80 hour work weeks, but they're, you know, flying a, you know, <laughs> flying a jet or whatever it is. Right. So yeah. Even in uh, our social media era, the, these people, Part of it, I think, is self-awareness of, of the people leading that vibe, whether it be these entrepreneurs that are talking to their cell phones, Instagram <laughs> stories all day, but they're so busy somehow, yeah. uh, but they have enough time yeah. to Instagram story all day. Uh, and, um, fuck, I lost my thought because I that's just bad. Bad. It's comedic. That's passive aggressively just bashing Comedic and true. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. Uh, because of those people and, oh, and because of the authenticity of those people. One, I, I think a lot of those entrepreneur type people aren't self-aware and two they're not actually authentic because they're not telling you like yeah man i'm really not happy <laughs> you yeah, know like they don't like, talk no about way how difficult it is yeah like yeah. I, I twitch stream every single day this whole lockdown because i know so many people are at home and i'm just like all right if i can connect with 10 people and we just chat about life sometimes we're messing around mm. sometimes i'm happy sometimes i'm sad like i haven't been happy for 50 days straight no human is right mm-hmm. and on twitch it's live and i'm sitting there face to face with this chat and some days i'm like yeah man i'm really not doing good right now like you know like you can't lie but these entrepreneur guys just lie their way around so then society is obviously influenced by oh the rari the ferrari and the rolex are making him happy and he's doing whatever the hell he wants to do what a dream this whole conversation kind of has me thinking about um we had a sports psychologist on um, much earlier uh, in the run of this program and uh, one of the things he talked about was was working with athletes whose careers are over as athletes as professional athletes and how difficult that is because their self-concept is limited to mm-hmm. uh, that themselves as a, the as an athlete their their self-image their all of their thoughts are are wrapped around that and they don't have the bigger view and what you're talking about is really having the bigger view yeah. this is how does this stuff fit in and accomplish my goals but at the same time uh, I am not so bound by them that it has to be you know the thousand five next time or the you know whatever it does you can get out of the pattern something is going on with the computer right this second yeah you uh, you cut out there for a little Froze. bit Froze. Uh, stand by the recording stopped too oh great okay we're we're backed up on two different um something's catching it yeah we're on we're on two different sources right now so should we should be okay i don't know exactly what's going on every once in a while this computer gets upset now it is it's over five years old. That might have something to do with it. We got a lot going on. We have a live TV set up in a loft at Jim's house. <laughs> There's a lot going on. Yeah. Where, where are you guys, where are you guys uh, living these days? 
Sacramento. Yeah, in okay. Sac. Yeah, yeah. This is kind of my home, and and obviously it got like popular because you know where we worked and where we trained. But I, I've been here 25 years, and so mom's here, and, and much like you, family's kind of everything. Mom's the only real family I have, so I've never never moved. Uh, I think Jim's similar. He grew up a little bit yeah. south of here, but yeah, kind of been a, a Sacramento guy our whole lives. Yeah, I was just wondering because yeah. I saw you training at uh, Barbell Brigade quite a bit. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Bart's just such a good buddy of mine, and, and they always allow me to stay at his house. And it's an hour flight, so I'd fly down there and, and mess around when I can, shoot some content. But um, I, I honestly don't like LA. I don't like LA at all. <laughs> I, 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 that's the. I, I feel real bad saying this, but it's like uh, when you know LA is going to be locked down for so long still, and I'm like, well. I guess that's what you get for living there. I just, yeah, I can't, yeah. I don't, of all the places to choose to live, like LA just does not hit the, hit it for me. Yeah, me neither. You're, you're still in Portland, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, that's where I was born and my sister's still up there. I love Portland. I love Seattle. Um, and Sacramento is somewhere, you know, weather-wise, not the same, but I think vibe-wise, we're, we're more in, in touch with like a Portland and Seattle. And so I'm definitely yeah, a little more relaxed. Yeah. Excuse me. We we have the problem of not figuring out how to uh, integrate our waterways into our our lives here in Sacramento. Like we have two major rivers, and and they do all right. Yeah, but not yeah, not what we could be doing. Certainly not what Portland does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Portland is different. It's, yeah, both those cities are just so pretty too. And we're we're pretty. We have some trees, but Portland we're a lot of trees. <laughs> yeah, but Portland and Seattle. I feel like if you've driven through it, it like ha- they have their own like sense to them. You drive through it and you're like, oh, I know I'm in Portland, or like I know yeah. I'm in Seattle, um, mm-hmm. which is really really cool. Well, you guys are welcome up here anytime, by the way. So that'd be awesome. Check That'd'd out all our yeah. all our uh, stuff. Yeah, come play with all the toys. We're still going, AGM. Maybe. Uh, yeah, we're recording somewhere. I don't know why the. Um I don't use that. Well, I'm just trying to save this file so that I'm, I'm I've got at least part of it. We're I'm, we're, we're recording with um, with a, a roadcaster, which actually lets me do a, a full backup, and then we're streaming, and so, and that's being recorded oh, as well. So, too. so we have we have like three different recording sources, and they're like. I don't know. Um, I lost track how many computers are up here at the moment. <laughs> well, I guess it's good we're recording on this end too. Then, yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, future fitness we talked into. What's the future of, of, of what you want for your company? You you, you seem to um, right off the bat when you open, kind of already have that niche. And something that's interesting that's happened in fitness is um, niches they like grew, and then not only is the niche of powerlifting grew a little bit or grown, it's now um, bled into everything else, right? So, like old school strength yeah. conditioning coaches, I felt were just like old buckos who kind of like some barbells, but now they're more like sciencey ish for a be- lack yeah. of better term, no, evidence based yeah. power lifters. Really, yeah. that's what I feel like every every guy is, and that's kind of uh, you know directly where you kind of fit. You know, you're an evidence based, um, logical thinking power lifter that's now bleeding into pop stuff you know you're helping moms to squat a little bit better alone with the athletes is that the general direction you still want to go to kind of expand in a way yeah so i I have a pretty long-term vision i'm not sure how much i want to share do what you want but uh you know the things that i see happening in the environment is yeah real estate cost is going to continue to grow up uh so that's going to affect things but for me as a company what i what i like to do is be able to put principles in place, uh, both around loading, you know, basically training methodology mm-hmm. and the equipment that we're using. So our line of equipment includes uh, movement preparation tools, uh, training tools that are biomechanically sound. And then we do as a coaching service, we manage all those variables in training. We've got a database that does a lot of statistical analysis and feedback for our coaches uh, on that process so that they've got the information. And we want to create that into something that we can be able to have other people use to virtualize that. So you've got a, a basically a more holistic piece. So long term, you know, I I'd like to see like a lot of like independent training centers that have and some of this stuff we haven't built yet because I don't have racking yet and, you know, machines and things that yeah. are really built around this being able to rapidly accommodate for variability in lifters from one to the next and different, mm-hmm. uh, you know, leverages and different mobility restrictions and all that that's yet to come. Um, but it'll be an entirely holistic gym. But that or uh, an entire complement of equipment that achieves that. 
And when you take that in mind, it also minimizes space. So it's not stuff that works well in a commercial gym environment because you're going to have a barbell system, you know, a pulley system. It can be set up and you can train 12 to 15 people at a time on whatever movement you're doing, but you're not going to have a dedicated necessarily to one thing, right? So one that gets a really like economical package for people that want to do the right thing so that in a small space, they can run a successful business. That's what I want to do. I want to support people that are working that direction, understand these concepts, provide them long-term education. So our certification system, uh, we're virtualizing some of the content. We're going to be adding uh, for our, our certified coaches, you know, continuing monthly ongoing education and then develop the training management tools into a platform that other people can can use as well. So you get this entire scope in a package that you could you know start up in a very small space let's say a double car garage type space and we can help you know finance that get people running and that way we can have the biggest impact on the world of getting people trained in the right you know in 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 some great approaches providing them ongoing education all the tools everything that they need to be able to positively impact and so that's that's my that's where i'm that's where i'm going with this and so um it's uh there's a lot of steps yeah. uh, along the way like i said we haven't even finished you know the equipment design but as people come to me all the time they're like i've got a great idea this product can sell great i'm like well that is a great idea it could probably sell great yeah, but it doesn't it. but that's not my goal <laughs> right right <laughs> that's right. not my goal so i'll turn these people down and they're like i don't understand i'm like well I, my goal isn't to sell a bunch of stuff Right. Like that's why everything that we bring to market, like people are like, oh, I I'd never thought about this before. It's different. But it takes we have to educate people on like this is what it does. This is why it does it because it's it's entirely new and different because it has a purpose. Like our products are not created from marketing analysis and seeing that no. this is doing well in the market. It's created from education first. What are our principles that we believe in for both loading and movement? And then what gaps do we see? Are there gaps? Then we, then we work on creating, filling them. And that's why you don't see a lot of basic standard stuff that we could be making and selling. I, I just don't have an interest in it, um, which is yeah. an interesting take on things. But <laughs> that's, the, that's the mark I, I want to leave on the world. You know, I want... To have, I've through my career, through my lifting, I've seen lifting be such a detrimental thing through the years when it's executed poorly. And it was for a really long time, and it still is in numbers. It's a lot better. Um, And also, so many people aren't understanding that load and stress and challenge are actually great things for anyone. You know, if you're a 65 year old grandmother and you're in back pain, you know, being able to learn the principles of like how to deadlift a kettlebell off the floor can change your life in a better yeah. way and eliminate the back pain and allow you to do things that you couldn't do on a normal basis, right? And so being able to, 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 to reach that, because this is, this is something I'm just really passionate about is, is helping people understand that stress and challenge with the appropriate time to be able to respond and adapt to it this is living. This is life. We have an adaptive response. As lifters, you know it. Like if I quit going to the gym, get gym, what happens? I lose my gains. Atrophy. Atrophy. Mm-hmm. The process of, you know, withering away and, you know, I'm over exaggerating, but the process of leading towards death. Yeah. If we don't have stress as humans, that's what happens. So too much stress, like if I do CrossFit, you know, seven hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah, I'm gonna get beat to shit. So sure. break down. Yeah. Um, and then that's why also why I wrote my book, The Eagle and the Dragon, is to share those experiences and those philosophies as well as regards to mental, you yeah. know, emotional, like all this stuff. Is that don't you don't necessarily have to look at all these things as bad things in life. You know, some of things can be traumatic and really have a you know an impact. But there's a lot of things that you can use to become a better version of yourself. And if you don't have those things in your life, you might want to seek those out at some yeah. level. And so, cause it goes beyond just the, the physical nature of things. That's my businesses are all focused on the physical nature of it. 
but it's a much bigger thing. I mean, that's the Kabuki squat face. The squat face is all about, you know, we can provide you the equipment. We can provide you the methodology. But at some point, you've got to put your game day face on, your mental yep. face, mm-hmm. and go take on those challenges too. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to hang out or meet with people that haven't gone through some kind of uh, mental stress, fatigue, recovery stuff. You know, like not that they're soft, but I either think they're one, too dumb and not self-aware uh, or two, they, they don't know how to accomplish anything. Like you said, like you have to go through the work and that's the same as the deadlift. Like I also don't want to talk to the guy that deadlifted 700 pounds without trying. I want to talk to the guy yeah. that took 10 years to deadlift 700 pounds. Yeah. Like that dude's been through that shit. And the same thing goes for the mental stuff like you talked about. And I think you, you do you you do a really good job of kind of mixing both because you've been through both and you've been uh, really open and authentic about it. So props to you for that because um, the more authentic I think people with a voice can be, the, the better off we're all, we're all going to be and be able to learn from each other. I think too, though, over the last few weeks, the, the guests that we've had on, um, everyone has had a like specific singular vision of of the way they want their business to go going forward and, and know, yeah. they've known what their goals were and they were working very hard at staying consistent to those things as opposed to, oh, here's an idea over here. Oh, here's an idea over here. And like kind of being all over the place and not, not really focusing their efforts on the things that are going forward. It's not like, it's not like you're going to ignore a good idea you're, that, that comes out, you're going to look at it and say, is this consistent with what yes. I want to do yeah. going forward? Yeah, yeah. my pass on it. Yeah, instead of it's like, oh, well, no, it's really popular right now. It's like, yeah, but like things that are really popular right now are probably not going to be really popular for a long period of time. You have, to, you have to be kind of anticipating the market and you have to be, like Mike said, like true to yourself right. and true to your vision. And if you're not, you're going to be all over the place and things will eventually start to crumble. Yeah. And, and sadly, I, do you want to make a million dollars off something that you truly don't believe in? Yeah. And, and the sad truth is there might be a lot of people that say, fuck yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, well, I, yeah. and those kind of people, you should probably unsubscribe from this podcast and never meet me in real life. <laughs> um, but, but, but I think that's an honest thing and that sucks. You know, yeah. that's a hard pill to swallow that some people do just fucking suck. They'll, they'll make a million dollars and not care how they made it. Um, where I, I like to think I'm a little bit more like you, Chris. I'd, I'd be fine as long as, you know, I got a roof, I got some food, the homies and my mom are taken care of, and, yeah. and I'm doing what I want and actually believe in what I'm putting out there. Yeah, it's, it's really important to me. This goes back to uh, the death of, my, my, of my, my father and the death of my stepfather uh, who raised me. And it happened about a, a year apart. And, uh, you know, they were both, like, great, great men. And as far as like loving, caring, they had yeah, a lot of the issues. You know, if anybody knows my background, there's uh, uh, plenty of things that you could say bad uh, about either one um, as a parent. But uh, at the end of the day, um, they were they were really good at heart. And and when they passed, there was nothing. I mean, it was like the song "Dust in the Wind." Like there was no mark left on the world behind except for their children. Mm-hmm. And, and their children were left with, again, kind of an indifferent, like there's a lot of good, but there was a lot of bad. Like the only people that they affected was the, the children that they brought into the world and helped raise. And there was just, there was, there was really no greater impact. So for me, like that's a driving home. Like that's a big thing for me. Like I want legacy to make a mark on the world and leave it better. Leave people like they knew I was here and I did something good. And that is, that is a huge driving factor for me. makes sense. I don't know. I, I feel somewhat the same way. Um, and for me, um, my turn was kind of around death as well um, when my best friend passed away and like he was very beloved by a lot of people. He had really impacted a lot of people's lives. And I it said at the time, like, what have I done? Number one. And like, if I die tomorrow, like, like, are they going to be able to get pallbearers? I mean, like, how many people have I influenced at that at that point? This was, you know, 2007, 2008. How many people have, have I influenced that would you know, would show up 
You know what I mean? That if I was important enough to them yeah. that they would, you know, that they would give a shit if I was, you know, six feet under. Yeah. And uh, that's been very motivational to me uh, since then. Yeah, it's hard, man. Uh, I think we all want similar things. Like best friend and when I was 18 and my, and my dad when I was whatever, 22, 23. And uh, I don't talk about like the uh, particulars a lot. And I talk generally because I'm really good about like uh, thinking about my feelings and not feeling my feelings. Um, but Jim was there. Actually, I remember Jim yeah. uh, strongly. And we, we did a, a memorial, a public memorial for my dad. Yep. There might have been over a thousand people there. Uh, it was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in my life. And obviously it's just a blur in my head because I'm just worried about my mom and everything's going wild. But we walk into my high school basketball arena where he was, um, he ran leagues for free and he, he just was highly, highly committed to the community. And there's like a thousand people. There's like kids I played against uh, in basketball five years ago showing up at my dad's funeral and shit. And I'm just like, what the hell? And, that, and you go through anything. I think any three of our instances or any thing of that nature when the feeling is that it's too early like right when it's like not kind of supposed to happen mm -hmm. i haven't been through a lot of deaths but um that were like i don't want to say planned i don't know what the term is but you know when grandpa's Expected. yeah when grandpa's 75 and he kind of gets cancer you know things aren't going well later right if things are unexpected or yeah sudden or whatever um it really does kind of shift your thinking on on how you treat people and how you act like what's what's the point of any of this if you're going to be a piece of shit that's kind of what it came down to, <laughs> to yeah. like what's the point of anything if i'm going to be a piece of shit if i'm going to lie if i'm going to steal if i'm going to uh, mistreat people if i'm going to scam if i'm going to not go with what i literally golden rule whatever you want to call it treat people how you want to be treated just be like a good human um and i just tweeted that out randomly like it's so easy to find nice people you can grab a beer with 99% of the world and they're going to be good enough yeah. to have a beer with. But how many good people can you find on the planet in your personal life, business life, or people you look up to? Um, I think it's insanely rare. And, and you setting your goals and foundations and morals and hopefully just even having some people think about that, uh, I do think leads to that. Because when your actions, your words, your morals, your foundation, when they all line up... Um, and if, you know, there's mental issues and there's a lot of other things that come into play into this world. But generally speaking, if all those things line up, even just your actions and your, your thoughts and your, your words, if those line up, you're probably going to be yeah. a decent human. That's that's a big issue, I think, uh, a lot of times is people's actions do not align with their words. And yeah. I'm yeah. a big believer of walking the walk. Yeah. So that's yeah. why and I it, do it the goes, things that I do. So Yeah, it scales up and down. It scales up yeah. to, you know relationships and family and, and morals and it scales down to hey i really want to squat 500 and if you never even try to squat 500 well fuck you you don't have to squat 500 like it's okay if you miss it but if you didn't put your foot and effort in that thing fuck you yep. like why even say that no one gives a fuck yep. i'm i'm not the hugest fan of of uh, people stating goals and then and then like letting that be the release yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what i'm oh, saying yeah, no, yeah, I, yes. I, I was like, thinking the exact same thing as mike was talking about that like uh, yeah, I, it's, I'm just, you know, I'm four days into, you know, starting this uh, transformation and I'm going to lose all this weight and do all that. And, and the next month it's on to something else. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard. It's hard because there's obviously social pressure pressures, another thing. And we can't always judge intent of someone if they truly yeah. with their intent of their words or their intent of their actions. But, um, it does become a lot more clear if we have good humans and we are all those things line up, who knows? Absolutely. Uh, your, you mentioned your book. Uh, it is an insightful read. I recommend it. Uh, it would be on the set with us, except that it's in storage because we, we were in a studio before um, before this all started, before the whole COVID thing started, and moved everything home like right at the beginning. Apparently, I have impeccable timing about yeah, one good. thing in my life. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Take credit moving. for it, Jim. Take credit for yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You need to own that shit. I apparently... Um, uh, yeah, because it was on the set of the other show, um, or the other in the other set of the show, we sort of recreated it here a little bit. Um, but anyway, uh, it's an insightful read, and it's a good. Um, uh, you really I, I, had I, a lot of self examination in that in that process, I guess. Yeah, and there's a lot that I covered that I've never covered in podcasts, uh, as as you know, because you've been with the ones like I did with uh, uh, with Mark and and. Uh, and read the book and there's uh, yeah. substantially more depth that I, I saved for that. Uh, yeah. And really tried to make sure. it be something that is a useful tool. 
I was yeah. really cognizant about what what am I doing for the reader and writing it in that and not like, oh, look at me. I've, I've been through this. I've been through that. Like sure. that doesn't that doesn't accomplish uh, what I was hoping. And uh, so it's it's been great hearing the feedback that I actually hit that point. Like people are actually mm-hmm. using this as a as a tool to uh, both inspire and make changes in their life. Yeah, for sure. Um, where can people find you? Um, you know, you can just type my name in Google. Uh, there you <laughs> go. Up, up. But uh, uh, the two places I interact at most is uh, Instagram and LinkedIn. Uh, so okay, um, you just type in Chris Duffin, but it's Mad underscore Scientist underscore Duffin on on uh, on on uh, Instagram. Uh, you can go to Christopher Duffin or ChrisDuffin.com. And there'll be a link to both all my companies as well as social media links, links to the book. You can actually get a free Audible uh, download of the book if you go through my website as well. Um, It requires you to sign up for an account, but it's a pretty good deal because you get that book and another book uh, for free. So um, That's great. But uh, if that's not for you, whatever, that's fine. People Um, love free things. (laughs) And then uh, Kabuki Strength is my main business that I'm involved with, but uh, also uh, work with – uh, barefoot athletics uh, for uh, basically minimalist type footwear because I'm a big believer in uh, in foot health and strength. And uh, I am a supplement junkie, uh, which is uh, <laughs> Build Fast Formula is uh, some great uh, supplements that uh, I'm a part of uh, that company as well. So, but you can find all links for that Christopher Duffin or ChrisDuffin.com or just Google me. You know, it's pretty easy. Awesome. Awesome, man. Thanks for uh, coming on and thanks for opening up. Uh, we were only going to talk about the future of fitness, but I think we uh, spit a lot of things that hopefully we, at least make people think. You know, times like this, people are stuck alone uh, and hopefully hopefully they use that time to have productive thinking rather than just getting drunk. Yeah. Uh, we covered True. some good ground. I appreciate it. Uh, it was a really nice discussion with you guys and great seeing you guys again. So Yeah, well, it was good e- seeing you. E-seeing you. E-seeing, yes. Which might be the norm. Ladies and gentlemen, be sure to give us a rating and review. Brand new show every single Wednesday, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you want to go. I'm Silent Mike, wherever you want to find me, YouTube, Instagram, etc. I am at the Jim McDean on the social media. The show is 50% facts, where 50%, where percent is a word and 50 is numbers. Uh, you can find us that way on Instagram, and the website is also the same. And we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>